0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports the fan sports radio 66 and 1019 fm wfan new york
2: hi everybody and welcome to this week's edition of rick wolf sports edge i'm your host rick wolf well of course there's a a lot of continuing confusion regarding high school sports in our area for this fall for example the new jersey interscholastic athletic association put up an announcement this past week that high school sports would be delayed and pushed back to an October first start, so that classrooms and schools could get sorted out first and make the schools safe for our kids and teachers. But then a, a couple of high school A.D.s from New Jersey said right after that, suggesting that they think the the so-called New York State approach of starting sports in early January made a lot of sense, and that New Jersey ought to seriously consider that approach instead of starting sports in October. Yet, from what I can tell, the New York State uh, short three-season approach with sports starting in early January, it's still just one of many scenarios that are currently being discussed in that state. That is, I don't know if there's been any approval of this uh, in New York and which of the several scenarios are being really seriously focused on. The bottom line on all this, well, yeah, there's a lot of confusion, and that confusion needs to get worked out very, very soon. After all, we are in the middle of July. And of course, as you know, on top of all this, now the Ivy League has decided to shut down its total fall sports schedule, not just football, but soccer, cross-country, whatever. And so that makes you think, whether, well, maybe the time has come for high school sports to follow along with the Ivies. I mean, if the Ivy League uh, athletic directors are seriously concerned about the health and welfare of their student athletes, what does that suggest for our high school kids? I mean, and of course, you've heard recently that now the, the Big Ten is going to just play in-conference games and the same with the Pac-12. And we also know that there are concerns around the, around the nation with rising COVID cases. On the other hand, again, I want we want to get into the talk today. And of course, we'll take your calls at 1877-337-6666. How about the travel teams that your kids play for? My sense, and I mentioned this last week, my sense that the travel teams, well, they're going to end up being the winners of all this high school confusion. I and mean, very simply, if your youngster is is eager to play competitive sports, and I imagine they are, uh, you know, the fact is the travel programs which operate outside Of the legal jurisdiction of school school districts well that's going to be your kids best shot particularly for I guess the rest of the summer and into the fall now just to recap from Mike Spina and his discussion last week on the show a very popular idea is to move all high school sports away from beginning in September and move them to a start in early January winter sports would start then to be no sports at all in the fall winter sports sports would start in early january then we'd have football soccer field hockey begin in early march and go to perhaps late april and then in the third season baseball softball lacrosse and so on track and field that would start in early may and go to the end of june to make this happen to have a sort of shorter compressed situation We'd have to have, obviously, these shorter schedules. There'd be no playoffs, no state championships. But on the positive side, there would be high school games. Kids could practice and compete. And ideally, we might have a vaccine perhaps around December or January. And that, of course, would be the best solution of all. Now, again... (laughs) We know that parents and their athletes are very concerned about the ups uh, and they're upset about the prospect of sports not happening in the fall, and understandably so. But the truth is, as I mentioned, the number of COVID cases are rising all over the country again. Not around here, thank goodness, but we know the numbers are staggering. And as young people continue, to mingle around the country without wearing masks, or without social distancing, distancing, it just seems as though it's going to be a most difficult situation to have our kids go back and play sports safely. And again, of course, we still don't know how schools in New York State are going to open in September. So I, I'm eager to get into this today because we want to try to cut through all the clutter, try to figure out what will be the best approach, and, and figure out from there. In addition... I also want to mention there's a second issue on the horizon. In short, with more and more colleges eliminating sports programs, schools like Stanford, Cincinnati, Brown, Furman, Akron, and so many more, the list is long and it's growing on a daily basis, and it's from all over the country and at all three divisions. Are we now on the brink of seeing a major change in terms of colleges offering athletic scholarships? Let me explain. If your kid is hoping to get a scholarship, an athletic scholarship, to play their sport in college, well, it seems more and more that unless your that sport is a revenue producer, like basketball or football, then the college presidents are beginning to seriously question whether they need to offer those non-competitive sports. I mean, Stanford. I mean, Stanford University. It's one of the wealthiest countries, one of the wealthiest universities in the country. It's got an endowment of close to 28 billion. That's a lot of money. But with the threat of no football or basketball being played this year, school's president is cutting 11 sports immediately. Plus the coaches of those eliminated sports, well, they're being let go as well. You know, I, I come from an era when college coaches made nice salaries. But of course, these days, thanks to uh, massive TV and other sources of revenue, well, pretty much every top Division One college football and basketball coach in the country, and there are hundreds of them, they make at least a at least million dollars a year in salary, and in many cases, much more than that. And the money that comes in from football and basketball supports not just those sports and the coaching salaries, but it obviously supports all the other non-revenue sports as well and i worry that because of the pandemic uh that perhaps these college presidents are now beginning to think maybe the time has come to make those cutbacks when it comes to sports Uh, again it's not about they don't like the sports it has everything to do with money and of course you've heard this before but now it's all being tied into the wishes and dreams of sports parents if your kid's playing a sport which is not football or basketball you might be want to thinking about maybe the money I'm spending on my youngster playing travel sports and other things, maybe the time is to seriously consider putting that money into some sort of uh, you know, 529 educational fund. OK. Let's talk about these issues. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm eager to get your thoughts and comments about this. Uh, again, it's it's it, we have a lot of ground to cover. I, I just wonder whether or not we're going to have a situation here where, where we're we're going to have to really sort of figure out what's the best approach. Now, again, we're waiting we're waiting anxio- anxiously for the governing bodies to make a decision. And of course, we all understand that um, you know we know. That it's all about, uh, you know, first starting the schools, getting our teachers back uh, into the classrooms, doing it in a safe way, getting our kids back in the classes, uh, looking at all sorts of ways to make that happen. I know teachers, particularly teachers over the age of, of thirty or forty, are nervous about their own health and welfare. Obviously, the kids, uh, getting them to be socially distant in a classroom, that's going to be challenging. How to get the kids kids to to school and so on and so forth, and as a consequence. And we know this. We know that we're going to have a situation where we've got to figure this out in terms of what we go from here. So let's, let's start our conversation this morning. Let's start with uh, Dr. Jim Wright over at Huntington. Jim, good morning. You're on the fan. No, sorry. So let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Tim in Eastchester then. Tim, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Good morning, Coach. Y- yes, Tim.
3: Uh, coach, first let me say that um, – I wish I had a panacea for what ails us, uh, because week after week, the same question arises, and and nobody has an answer. And I think we're all at that point. Nobody has a definitive answer. It would be beautiful if we had one voice, one direction, a universal application that would assist us going forward, and yet we don't have that either. Mm -hmm. So it breaks my heart. But let me just say that two weeks ago, my daughter, who's 15, she brought to me a waiver to sign because her travel lacrosse team is starting up again yes and i'm telling you two words came to mind trepidation reservation (laughs) and coach i looked at my daughter and she she had that burning spirit to be out there like all the kids do sure and i had to sign it i had to sign it and yet and yet i gotta tell you I, i i did it with like i said a lot a lot of reservation. And, Coach, if I may, I, I want to bring something up. Last week you had a gentleman on, Kevin Gallagher, and he brought up the launch angle mm-hmm. uh, concept. Mm-hmm. And I read an obituary in April of a gentleman, of Brooklyn College physics professor named Peter Brancasio. And I was wondering if you ever heard of him, because he wrote a book in 1984, I believe, called Sports Science. And he might have been the forerunner of sabermetrics Metrics Uh, Because he talked about launch angle, which was never heard of at the time, and spin rate on a a baseball. And he also debunked the myth of the rising fastball. To this day, I never heard that, and I was blown away. And he also debunked the myth of hang time when you talk about Michael Jordan. So I'm curious, Coach, did you ever hear of this gentleman?
2: Yes, I have heard of him and his book, and there's also another book, and forgive me, I forget the author's name, but he was a longtime professor of physics at Yale. and He also wrote a book in the same vein, trying to, uh, you know, explode uh, a lot of the myths. Uh, You talk about the rising fastball and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not sure these guys are uh, so much in the world of sabermetrics. I think that's that's the invention of Bill James. But I will tell you that, um, you know, Kevin Gallagher does basically say, look, for for many many years, uh, a lot of people uh, have learned how to try to, you know, learn to. The uppercut on a baseball with their launch angle and so on and so forth, and that's not an effective way to teach young kids how to hit a baseball. And that's that's why his book is so unique and different. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people out there who have great backgrounds, doctorates, who have tried to uh, you know try to figure out how what the mechanics of, of baseball and other sports as well. Tim, I, I hear you about trying that 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 waiver uh, because that's what's going to boil down to. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show with Steve Callis about. Uh, more and more travel teams are going to do this uh, and try to make this happen it is a problem it is a real problem because you're now for the first time being confronted and saying okay is this going to make sense do I want to expose my kid to this um, because yeah and if, I, if the, my youngster does bring home the virus uh, do I have any legal rights it is something that I think unfortunately more and more common Tim, thank you for the call. Let me move on. Let's uh, let's go to our friend Ed Ward over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. What do you think? Good from morning, your Rick. How
4: you doing? Good. What what's good. from
2: your sense of this?
4: I got a couple things, I thought. First off, I think the thing where you're saying, you know, New Jersey pushing the uh sports back.
2: Yeah. I think it's
4: a great I really think it's a great idea. Let let's try to get this pandemic out of the way. Hopefully, it'll clear up, and then, then you got the, uh, hopefully, uh, there'll be a vaccine and all that.
5: Right. And you know what?
4: Yes, you don't you don't have playoffs and all that this year, but at least you have a high school season, even though it's shorter and condensed with that. I think that that would be a great idea. But I got another thing I got to say, Rick, and it, it's becoming a concern, at least in the state of New Jersey, and I want to bring this up to people so they understand. Uh, this week, they started playing. Um You know, uh, baseball and other sports or whatever. Yep. Um, And next week you got the last dance event, the big baseball uh, event in New Jersey. I'm running a showcase. And um, Governor Murphy is very aware, because I've gotten some information on it uh, on my my, uh, computer yesterday. He is aware that people are not social distancing. And you know how it is, Rick? People are going to games, taking pictures of people not social distancing, and yes. sending it to them.
2: Yes, I understand. And it, it,
4: it and it and it's a it's a big concern. I mean, this week I was at two games. I just sat in my car and watched the games because of it. Um, people in New Jersey, you've got to get your act together because guess what? This 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 governor will, will, will shut things down in, in a hurry. So uh, it's important to please social distance and all that. I'm I'm, I'm bringing it up out of concern. Because you know we all you know we all want to see baseball. Actually, Rick, the two games I was at this week, there were great crowds at a game. You would have thought it was a semi-pro game from thirty years ago. People, <laughs> you know, they, no, I'm being serious. Rick, no, I, yeah, I know you're I laughing. We, we you know know remember that... how the semi-pros were back yeah, then. That, sure. that was like a big night out because people want want, wanted, want to do things and all that. But I, I'm, I'm very serious that social distancing is really important, and I hope that the state of New Jersey does go, push the seasons back. But everyone gets their seasons, which I think is very, very important on that. I mean, last night I was at a, a seniors all-star game in Middlesex County where they honored a great umpire, John Lynham. You had to see the crowds at the game. I, I couldn't believe it. But people were there. They social distance. Well, that People was. We're wearing masks, and they yeah. did everything the right way. It was it was a great event last. I was night. just gonna.
2: Uh, the, I was just gonna ask you Ed, at the, at these these games, and you saying they're drawing good crowds. Obviously, fans are eager; they're starving for 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 uh, sports, but they are in fact socially distancing themselves, and they are wearing masks. Is that correct? The, yes, the events
4: I were yes, but evidently at a lot of events they're not. And, no, and I, again, the go, the governor is totally aware of this, and you know he. He's the type of guy, he says, he don't care, he'll close it out. I mean, you saw he's already closed down uh, ind- indoor dining in restaurants and diners
2: yep, because yep, people
4: yep. weren't following that.
2: I think, uh, and Ed, as always, thank you for your input, Uh uh, and I'm you know I'm interested to, and Ed obviously obviously embraces moving the sports back I think it makes a lot of sense because we're still trying to get our arms around this disease and trying to figure out how to make it safe The schools make them safe for our kids we know education comes first extracurricular activities like sports come second uh, We, you know, to me it's a compromise in the sense that you're going to have a situation where kids will have sports and maybe shorter seasons they may have to wait a, f- a few more a uh, few months longer but at least that there'll be high school sports and that'll be great. Uh, but anyhow let me, let me take a time out. When I return I'll go right back to your calls at one 337 6666
5: Big Wolf
6: Sports Radio 101.9 FM The Fan Sports
3: Radio 66 WFA yeah.
2: And welcome back to the Sports Edge. Let me just say this regarding uh, the various proposed plans for uh, for shortened seasons beginning in January at the high school level. Uh, you know, because obviously there are only so many days on the calendar, uh, and you're trying to get, in effect, three seasons of sports into a very sort of compressed uh, time time schedule. It doesn't appear that there will be any room for uh, playoff games or, or or state championships. And honestly. Well, while I know that's a lot of fun, the truth is playoffs and championships, they're basically just extras. There may not be enough time uh, during the the compressed seasons to have those this year. Now, I have to tell you, there was a time not that long ago when state championships did not exist in sports uh, or playoff games. The kids played their regular season schedule and that that was it. So just understand that might be something that uh, gets sacrificed or gets uh, tightened in terms of these schedules. And by the way, you know, nobody has still given me any idea as to how this works in terms of the the high-risk sports. I don't know how you play football and have a line of scrimmage and having guys just two feet away from you breathing to your face. Uh, If you're playing football or you're getting tackled, how does that work? Uh, if you're trying to be socially distant, wrestling. But at least wrestling starts in the in the winter. Um, I, I I don't know how these sports would operate in terms of the the current medical concerns. So I have to tell you, from my my personal opinion, is I think this uh, delaying till January does make a lot of sense because we still haven't figured out how we're going to handle these issues. Um, and yes, I know people are, are eager to have their kids go back and play, but at least that might give us some more time. Maybe we get closer to a vaccine. Maybe we get the, the whole issue of these rising cases around the country to a, a more acceptable level. Um, let me bring on our, our longtime colleague and, and good friend, legal analyst, sports parenting advocate, uh, Steve Callis. Who was on the show just a few weeks ago talking about this issue that Tim from Eastchester was talking about, you know, in terms of signing up, uh, you know, various waivers and things. Steve, um, I I know you begin to realize that this, as I feel, that the time has come to get serious and say, no, we're going to have to hold off on sports until probably January.
7: Yeah, I think you're right, Rick. Great to be with you, as always. I think think the landscape changed this week, not necessarily because of the Ivy League, but once you start talking about the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, Power Five football conferences, for example, Mm -hmm. and they're putting stuff back, they're saying now conference only, this seems to me like the creep towards... either nothing or something very limited. And I think the other problem is, and I'll go to a Chapman yesterday, right? Yep, he tested yep. positive. Yankee closer tested positive. Uh, the problem for kids, like baseball players who are playing at home in the proposed season that's coming up, they go home every night. So this isn't in the bubble like the NBA is trying to do, like the NHL is, com- is trying to do. Your children... <laughs> let's suppose they go to practice your children go to school lots of issues there still go to practice lots of issues there still and then they go home they're not going into a bubble and the other thing i haven't heard a word about and maybe you can educate me if i missed it i haven't heard one word for high school about testing you know the clemson football team had 37 positives yes uh big time schools like uh, texas and lsu were in the 20s yep and i'm not picking on football here but you just said it if you have linemen on either side of the ball uh... hitting each other fifty times a game maybe sixty times a game depending on how many plays uh... how is that even possible so i'm already with you that they should go to january uh... but i don't even know if that's going to be possible because again these kids go home every night we don't even know de blasio in new york the mayor said one point one million kids coming back to school supposedly on time, but they're only going to be in class one to three days a week, child care aside, and that's a big issue, child care, but aside... Uh, you're still going to have everybody exposed every day, 1.1 million kids. And anything you hear about other countries who have opened up school and everything's been okay, no country has opened up school when they still have this pandemic raging. It's not in the New York, Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut area, I understand, after a horrific time, of course. But no, no country has really opened up under these conditions. How are they going to play in Florida? I know the, the well, governor is still saying, let's go, but how is that even possible?
2: I mean, uh, Governor DeSantis obviously has had to, uh, you know, back off and, and do some 180s. Uh, it wasn't that long ago he was saying, yeah, the kids go out and play sports, and now realizes that that was a really bad idea. Um, I, I hear from my sources that football, high school football in Texas, which, as we know, was like a religion. Religion. That, yeah, that's <laughs> that's seriously in jeopardy because Texas is having high rates of, uh, of COVID infection. I mean... At some point, we have to sort of use just common sense. And clearly, if this thing is still out of control and we're lucky now, we you know, in terms of New York and Connecticut and New Jersey, we've basically paid our dues, so to speak, you know, for several months. But why, why look at around the country? It's all happening in, in huge numbers again. Why do we just say, look, let's just not even think about starting in October. What's the rush? Let's wait till January. And And, you know, all these schools... I know uh, you know, the athletic director, Gene Smith, at Ohio State said, we are ready to shut this down, the Big Ten football, on a moment's notice. I mean, if things don't work, it's over. And I'm, the Pac-12 is saying the same thing. All these schools are saying we, we understand and we're ready to shut this down. And to your point, Steve – you know, the NHL and the NBA, they're trying to, to bubble wrap all their players to basically isolate them so they are insulated and they don't have the problems in terms of infection. But as you just said, our kids are out there and we see kids every day running around doing things. Again, they're not the ones necessarily who are going to be you know, facing mortality from this. But they're the ones who bring home the, 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 uh, the virus to their parents, uh, to their grandparents, to their neighbors, whoever it might be. And that's the concern. I, I, I think the time has come to get serious in the middle of July to say, let's start – Come up with a you know, different approach And wait until January And I, 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 I'm sure you agree So
7: Yeah I think that's a no January is a no brainer to me The three the three short seasons are interesting And the best you can do in a bad situation And I agree with that I know you had Mike Spina on last week And I've looked at the six scenarios That they've proposed You know the New York State Public High School Athletic Association And I think already you have to go frankly Down to four and five yeah. uh, which, which Which looks at what would happen If we started in January Uh, i'm not as big a believer in a vaccine because even if you get a vaccine by the end of the year which would be a miracle uh are you going to have 100 million 200 million or 300 million doses is your kid going to be able to get one in time and we don't know maybe this winds up to be like a flu shot and you know this is this is 10 times worse than the flu 135,000 deaths in 120 days Mm -hmm. but as you know 10, 20, 30,000 people a year die from the flu, so, and plus you have the anti-vaxxers, which is a conversation for another day, (laughs) but I just don't think there's going to be enough coverage for the 2020- 2021 school year. The following year is more realistic, so I think they should go, look, if you see these big-time, look, you start at the pro level, where I think baseball, which I thought would be the easiest sport to play, right? Uh, It's like natural physical distancing except at home plate, maybe on the base once in a while, but now I think they're in more trouble because originally you'll recall they were going to go Florida Arizona right they were going to go to two bubble like two leagues and of course Florida and Arizona might be the two worst states in the country along with Texas to go try and do that so now they're going to play home but what are the Mets and Yankees flying to Miami is Miami going to be allowed in New York and and that's happening in a couple of weeks so we can sit back I think for a few months see what happens in college see what happens in pro baseball because I don't think hockey and basketball are real realistic for obviously high schools and then make a decision later in the year but i have to say and i agree totally with you you have to wait at least till january although you'll already hear you know second wave flu season winter it might get worse uh but at least we'll be able to know before we expose our children uh frankly to getting well, the virus and as you said you know parents and grandparents as well
2: yeah and of course uh you know let's get the schools functioning in a safe manner first correct and again steve is I mentioned uh, you know last week and just uh, before, if your kids playing soccer in a travel program or field hockey or lacrosse or other sports on a travel team. That's going to be right now their best chance to go out and compete because at least they're, you know, they're not being involved with other kids in school. uh, They're being, you know, quasi-insulated because they're driving to the practices or the games in the family car. Uh, Hopefully they get to the games. They're being socially distant uh, and so on and so forth. Then they come right home. That might be the best way to do this. Uh, at least for the time being. And as Edward had said, well, there are obviously baseball programs that are happening over in New Jersey, uh, and I get reports from other places as well. Steve, let me me, uh, get on. In fact, Mike Spina is on the phone as well. Steve, as always, my thanks for your thoughts, and, of course, we'll talk to you real soon. Let's go to Mike Spina. Mike, uh, obviously, uh, you've been sort of the guy at the top of all this. Uh, you know, in terms of recommending that we just basically either flip flop the the seasons or are now going to a January start. Mike, what are you hearing from your people and your sources out on Long Island?
5: Well, it's it's still pretty much status quo. I mean, everybody's still talking about getting ready for the fall, but it, it's starting to appear, <clears throat> excuse me, that. We're getting closer and closer to condensing sports starting in January.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to assume that seems to be the general uh, trend. Um, yeah, I know there, there, there are people, the high school football coaches like yourself, getting ready. And, you know, it's, it's summertime and so on and so forth. But, I mean, at, at some point, uh, I guess it has to be Governor Cuomo. A, he has to decide what we're going to do with, uh, you know, with schools uh, uh, throughout New York State, whether they're going to be open in early September or, and of course, the second, you know, the the next, the corollary is what do you do with sports? But I, I, I mean, you must have a sense, as you said, from talking to your colleagues and other coaches, like this looks very, very problematic for high school football.
5: Well, I didn't read the article, but Newsday came out with something today, and I haven't read it yet. I just saw it on Twitter yep. while I was driving around getting breakfast, and I'm, I'm real curious because it does interview uh, some of the Nassau County football coaches, Keith Sachs in particular, who did lose one of his assistants, longtime assistant, Tony Carter, to COVID. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's going to have an impact on, on people's decision. And i got to be honest, I, I'm torn because I'm coaching my son's nine-year-old travel baseball team and we had our first games yesterday, and the fans, the umpire, everybody did their part in social distancing. Yep. And, and as I've said, I've been doing this for 35 years. I felt like I was coaching my first game, just so happy to get out there and, and coach and get excited to be part of something that I've been doing for a long time. You know, you almost forget what it's like to play a game when you're <laughs> off for so long. And, yeah. and I'm torn because as much as I want to be safe, but I want to get back into it, it was really, really exciting yesterday, and both teams had a great time. Everybody was socially distancing, changing of the balls, using your own ball, and, you know, it was really nice just to get back on the field and play. But it's, it's, it's also one of those things where, you know, as much as you're happy to play, are we doing the right thing for the kids? And what's going to happen come September, October, November?
2: Mike, uh, I, I, look, it's definitely a two-edged sword. Obviously, we're all craving, desiring to go back and coach and and, uh, and watch our kids play and, and, and be a fan and so on and so forth. But we also know there's, a, unfortunately, a downside to all this. Now, you mentioned you've been coaching for 35 years. I mean, you know, it's one thing coaching uh, your, your son's nine-year-old uh, baseball team but going back to high school football, I mean, you would be, I would think, you know, one of the target people, target concerned as an educator and as a coach. That, that has to be something that weighs in your mind as well.
5: Absolutely. Every day I think about it. Like, what happens if someone gets sick while I'm coaching yeah. on my team or, or, or the head coach's team or whatever? And, and does that fall back on me? And I know there's you know, a, a presume or an assumption of risk when a kid goes to play and they know what's out there. Um, we talk about that in football. There is an assumption of a kid could possibly get hurt playing football, and they sign a waiver. Yes. It's not really a waiver. We have you know, forms on the high school level that says you know, it's a helmet form. You, know, you will not use your helmet to headbutt, spear, or anybody else, and kids sign it. Yes. Uh, it's almost getting to a point where this is going to be the same thing. Is there an assumption of risk going out and playing any type of sport right now with the possibility of someone getting sick with COVID?
2: Well, no. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, uh, when Steve Callis was on a few weeks ago, we talked about signing waivers. And we all know that sports always carry an assumption of risk. But as he said, it's more about the physical element. You know, you might end up, you know, spraining an ankle, break a leg, concussions, whatever it might be. But this is a little different. Now we're talking about, you understand, you may actually become a a transmitter of a serious disease to somebody uh, at home. uh, And if that happens, and somebody in your family dies, uh, we don't want you to sue us uh because you did that i mean I, this is it, it's very very yes the assumption the risk but not at the at the level we've ever encountered before mike uh thank you uh, for chiming in we'll see what happens but i do think that we're getting more and more of a sense of, of momentum that this is going to end up to being a january start uh, let me move on mike thanks i will talk to you again soon let's go over to uh to uh, Hall of Fame coach uh, Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, uh, you know, I know you what you feel about all this. Tell, tell me more.
8: Well, Rick, um, first of all, another great show. Um, you know, in my opinion, there's only one solution to this, and nobody wants to seem to face the fact that this is what it is. This yep. virus is not going away. Um, The more we open up things slowly with restaurants and indoor seating with social distancing, the more we're telling our young kids and even our adults that, hey, this isn't as bad as we think it is. Nobody's trying to convince the people and the kids that this is a very, very, very dangerous situation. And, you know, New Jersey is just, you know, they're watching everybody else, I guess, like we spoke about last week. I mean, speaking to an AD and a coach, yes, they move things back to, to October. Why? Because they, you know, maybe they do realize the danger of this. And, and we, you know, we now are pushing things probably. They were, they were already proposed to their task committee by a couple ADs that are on the task committee discussing that maybe we should move to January with the shortened seasons like New York is doing, which is great. But all this is based on the virus getting better, not getting worse. Yep. And in January, the way we're, I mean, I drove around to four different games this week. Two of them with Sue, and we were just amazed. Parents are sitting together, passing food, passing drinks, nobody wearing masks. You know, the kids are sitting on the bench. One or two kids are wearing a mask. Most are not. Coaches are standing shoulder to shoulder talking to each other. Umpires now behind home plate. This is completely ridiculous, and the only solution to this is—and New Jersey and New York kind of proved it at the beginning—they shut everything completely down. And what happened? Kids stayed at home; they didn't go out and play their sports. Listen, I feel like I feel for all these coaches. I feel for Mike and and all the coaches that want to get back. And listen, as a coach, I'm a college coach, you know, and I. I I feel exactly the same way. I was devastated when our when our season was cut short after our Florida trip. But at the expense of the kids and their health, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, Rick.
2: Jack, I I uh, I agree with you. And um, uh, yeah, I, I think you make a very, very telling point, And that is that, you know, all these assumptions of resuming school, resuming sports in the fall, it's all predicated on the idea, on the assumption that the COVID is going away. And unfortunately, you, you know, we keep getting this rumpy that says, no, it's not going away. It's just getting worse. And uh, Dr. Fauci says, you know, unfortunately, we get to, you know, there's a, there was a theory that that the COVID would die off, you know, during the warm summer months. And that clearly it's is that. Not, it's not happening. And obviously, when we get to the fall, uh, he's been saying for, for months now, we'll probably expect a, a surge, and uptick, uh, because it's the flu season. And apparently, that's when the COVID really thrives even more. I, I, I you know, I, I'm a little, I was a little, you know, concerned that the the, the folks at the uh, New Jersey Interscholastic Athletic Association of obviously, you know, spending, you know, they're going 24-7 on trying to figure this out for sports in New Jersey. But I was a little sort of saying, well, why would you just say October? Doesn't that, that sounds a little optimistic. Why you, not just you say, know, you know, go to go January, you know?
8: Less, less than a week ago, less than a week ago, five days ago, actually six days ago, New Jersey put out a statement that we're full steam ahead. You know, we're, the only thing that we're canceling is our pre-school games, our zero week. Zero Then week. within within five days, they said we're pushing it back to October. You know, and then they're going to go, they're going to probably listen to the New York theory, and, which is a very good theory, that if the, if the virus in January is better than it is now. But yeah. then what we'll do is, if it is better, we'll open things up a little bit more, and we'll convince the kids, because kids are not going to social distance. They're not going to do it. I, Sue and I went to an ice cream parlor last night, there was a line, God, 50, 60, 70 feet out the door. Kids are standing next to each other. Parents are talking. Nobody's wearing a mask. You know, the more we open up slowly, the more we tell everybody it's over or it's getting better and it's getting weaker and it's okay to go out. And nobody's controlling it. Our our, our authorities, our policemen, aren't uh, driving by restaurants and seeing people sitting next together outside at tables that are less than six feet apart. They're not doing anything about that. So this is not going away, Rick. And and if we shut everything down, we'll see our numbers go down again. But if we continue to do what we do, our numbers are going to continue to go up.
2: I, I, I hear you loud and clear, Jack. Thank you, as always, for your thoughts. Uh, that's Jack Smithlin over uh, in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Let me take a timeout. Uh, when I uh, return from these commercial messages, I'll go back to your calls at one 337 6666
5: Sports
3: Radio 101.9 FM. 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 Sports Radio 66.
2: Hey, I want to remind you that uh, Susan Waldman and Howie Rose uh, follow the uh, Sports Edge at uh, 9 o'clock Uh, this morning, about 15 minutes from now. And I'll be, of course, talking about baseball and the start, upcoming start of Major League Baseball season. And I also want to remind you, you can always follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. You know, I'm listening to the callers this morning, all great thoughts, great insights. These are people, obviously, we're hearing from who take this stuff very, very seriously. Uh, As I mentioned before the break, I know that the various athletic directors and task force uh, in the various states are trying their best to figure out what's the right thing to do. And I applaud those folks because clearly they're putting the, the health and welfare of our kids and our coaches, uh, right there, is a top priority. But again, uh, you know, all this is predicated on us being able to make sure that the COVID uh, disease is under control. And uh, unfortunately, every day we see these headlines—not around here, but from around the rest of the country—the the, the cases are rising. That is very, very distressing. Uh, We know that the kids, our children, are not the ones who are going to have problems with uh, mortality and morbidity. Um, They're the ones who will survive this, but it's more about uh, people over the age of 30, 35, although we are seeing some more numbers now with younger kids are dying as well. I do think we have to use a great deal of common sense uh, in approaching this disease. We have not been able to corral it yet, we, and I know we love sports. Uh, gosh, we, we, we live and die for sports, but this is a case where living is a lot more important than dying for sports, and I think that's something we have to, to bear in mind. Uh, let's continue our calls here. Let's go to Oyster Bay. Mike is standing by. Mike, uh, you're next up on The Fan.
3: Hey how are you I'm going to say something that's not going to be liked by anybody on your radio station but uh, maybe this is the opportunity to move sports out of the school system and uh, most countries don't uh, don't have them in the school system maybe take the money that's saved in that most kids play outside of the school system also, and use mm-hmm. that money for social work, um, health care, whatever it is, to help, help the schools, help the schools, uh, you know, Well, my, that, bring more social workers in and do things like that.
2: That's uh, obviously an extreme situation, uh, but you're absolutely correct that in Europe, uh, the, the kids go to school, there are no... Uh, Sports teams in the schools. If a kid wants to play, for example, soccer uh, or or tennis, they're going to play on an outside club team. Um, And that's how it's been over there for years. Uh, I I don't know if America, United States is ready for that extreme transition. But I I will say this that, um, you know, particularly if if, uh, we come back to a point. Let's take football, for example, here in the States. Uh, if, if there are concerns about COVID and insurance premiums, a lot of high schools are going to sit down and say, well, is this really worth the expense to provide a football team? Because the insurance premiums, not just for making sure that we're dealing with COVID issues. Also concussions. Uh, that's an issue we've talked about uh, for, for a number of years over the, on the show. A concussion insurance rates are, are going up because, again, we don't know when kids get hit in the head, you know, what, what happens to, to their long-term uh, health and welfare. So, Mike, I, I do think that's a very distant issue but it may crop up depending how all the stuff uh you know begins to eventually you know un, uh you know sort itself out it is something we might see let's uh thank you for that call let's go to uh let's go to louis over in Lindbrook. hey good morning louis you're on the fan
6: good morning rick how are you great are you? to hear your voice again
2: yes sir uh
6: one of the one or two of the things i wanted to bring up is that uh with the parents having to now finally go back to work the kids are going to need babysitters. Imagine how much a babysitter is going to cost when they're going to be in such high demand right now. They're going to make out like fat rats. But uh, one of the other things I was going to mention is that a vaccination is going to take a long time for the FDA to test uh, the the vaccine. What's going to end up happening is that uh, w- with this COVID nineteen, they uh, they put the virus in the vaccine. If we're not ca- if they're not careful with this, we may end up getting a vaccine with the COVID virus in it. So, well,
2: you know, there are like something like uh, several dozen pharmaceutical companies that are chasing a vaccine. Uh, and from my understanding, obviously, this gets to very, uh, you know, deep into into medical research. But they're all sort of going in different directions, trying to find this magical cure. Uh, the question would be then, OK, how does this get distributed? As you say, I mean, this is a hurry up situation that the FDA would have to examine and figure out, is this safe? I mean, um my understanding, uh, you know, Louis of vaccinations, how that works, is you take some some weakened uh, cells from the actual, uh, you know, infection, and you it's basically injected into somebody, and then the body it makes, uh, you know, um, antibodies to fight that, uh, or I should antibodies to basically not only get rid of the weakened cells, but also then give the body a chance to to you know to to, to get stronger. It's complicated stuff. It is dangerous yeah. stuff. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. um, and he just said. January is what, you know, Fauci keeps saying, maybe by the end of the year we'll have we'll have a, a vaccine. But, man, how, how, do you, and how do you get it out? I mean, there are millions and millions and millions of people in this country. How come – are are the kids get it first? Do the, do the grown-ups get it first? I don't know. It, it's really complicated. But, but right now we're even, trying to figure out what we're going to do with the kids in the sports in the fall, you know? They're even talking about the vials. They don't have enough of those
6: plastic vials to issue the vaccine to the people. That's a big problem. But uh, – What's sad about all this is that as time goes on, more and more college programs are going to be eliminated on a college level with sports. Well, well and, uh,
2: yeah, I I agree with you, and I uh, I mentioned that you know early on in the hour. I, I think what a lot of people are so focused right now on on just you know their own kids. And their own you know sports careers but you understand that because of the pandemic or in some cases maybe the college presidents are saying you know this is the perfect time for us to really go back and and reevaluate whether or not we want to offer non-revenue sports at the collegiate level because those non-revenue sports are all predicated on the monies that come in from football and basketball and suddenly there's not going to be football or basketball or people aren't aren't allowed to attend the games uh, that means the revenue stream begins to dry up, and, and the first casualties are going to be the those sports that, um, you know, let's face it, a lot of kids grow up uh, wanting to play all sorts of different kinds of sports and activities and dream of getting a college scholarship, but those scholarships may just go away because, A, either the colleges get rid of those programs, or, B, they just cut back even more on the scholarships. It's it's, it's something that I don't think a lot of parents are really aware of, and they really should be, you know? Yeah. And uh, just one more thing, Rick, Uh,
6: if the high schools do play their sports and college coaches aren't coaching their sports, they might be able to go and recruit kids from the high schools. It might be the first time that they actually go out and recruit the kids at their high school games.
2: Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you, uh, and and that is very possible. That'd be a, a, a nice thing to see return, uh, you know, because, I mean, I come from the day long before there were video and internet and stuff, and I used to go out and beat the pushers looking for ballplayers in person. I mean, you would I would coach a college game in the afternoon and hopefully go see a high school game perhaps in the evening, if I could. Um, but it's, 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 look, our world is changing, and uh, we want to make sure we stay ahead of all these issues. Louis, thank you as always for your call. Appreciate it. Let me uh, let me move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Mike in uh, East Rockaway. Hey, Mike. Good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick.
1: How are you doing? Great show. Good, good. Um, you know, Rick, I'll make it quick. Uh, you said on one of your shows, the category was a lot of countries around the country. You know, they don't really look at varsity ball as a premier. The the travel teams and everything else that's coming into play. And it's so incredibly, uh, um, you know, difficult for kids and their parents and coaches. You know, with this invisible virus, we don't know if it will decrease or increase. And it's really getting to the point of uh, the level of risk, as you said, Rich and uh, Rick, uh, uh, and everything else that comes into play. And the Ivy League has suspended, as you know. All competition in the fall. Yes, and it just might be a, a deterioration of of competitive collegiate sports, high school sports. And I'll leave you with this, Rick. That article uh, in the Post, when your dad, rest his soul, uh, dressed in the uh, outfit, I played two games with nashville Queens Alliance at Creedmoor yeah. uh, <laughs> back in the back in the day when hospitals had diamonds. And I want to give a shout out to my coach. Uh, I remember watching you guys 1973 at Baldwin Park. Bob Hershfield, my my sure. coach, of course, and and uh, ACBL. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you know, Rick, always a great show. Uh, I still tune it every Sunday for a number of years.
2: Um, and
1: well, Mike, th- before doing.
2: before you jump off, I got to ask you because you right. had you have a number of kids who played uh, high school and college sports, correct? Yes. And they're how old are they now? They're in their late twenties, mid twenties. Mike. My- My son is uh,
1: 25. He was a wide receiver at a good state uh, university in New York. My daughter played. She's 30 now. She's married. She teaches. Um, She uh, played some competitive uh, fast-pitch softball. And I coached for a couple of years, played some ball. I I was a diamond rat in the dirt every day, I told her. you know, (laughs) uh, infielder. Um, Three broken noses, dislocated elbow. But, um, you know, it's a shame it's a shame if it deteriorates to the point rick uh, um because i just left bay park this morning you might, you may have played games in east well, Rockaway. Sure, of course there were games yeah there were i did also with uh nassau there, there were kids playing hardball games softball games which is great but they have to understand and i could still write a book rick on the parents that i've seen at the ball fields you know uh social distancing but it, it's uh uh, you know it, it, it's it 's a rev it 's a real energy that we all love, who love sports to get the kids you know the next generation but it's uh it's it's uh, turbulent waters now, you know
2: I agree, hey Mike, thank you as always for your thoughts. appreciate it you know and and stay well yeah i uh again, let me just we covered a lot of ground this morning, and obviously we 're getting to we're getting down to the point uh, again. The, there's only so many days on the calendar until we get to to the fall to the start of school and starting of of uh, fall practices. Uh, and again, a lot of a lot of people. Uh, are working behind the scenes to try to make sure that our kids are are able to go back and compete in their their beloved activities and sports but obviously it's all under the aegis of making sure that that the schools are safe and are are ready to be opened that the teachers are protected because they are quite frankly the the target audience more so than the kids Uh, this is a massive massive challenge as we all know uh, and I, unfortunately, I, I, still think, uh, that it makes a lot of sense that because you do guys, we don't want to do this. We don't want to hear this. But the fact is, even though we love to see uh, high school football and the sports start in September, uh, I think it's sort of prudent at this juncture, uh, in light of what's happening around the nation with the infections and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I just, I just think we have to be careful as to how, how we decide to go back. Uh, and when we do go back we don't want we want to go back 100% with our sports and yes i know the kids are out playing baseball and softball and i'm glad to hear in most but not all situations apparently that there is a sense of social distancing and sanitizer and and wearing face masks and so on and so forth uh, as, as somebody mentioned earlier on the show, you know, especially in New Jersey, if, if you parents are sitting next to each other or you're not ab- abiding by the rules, you understand that, yes, Governor Murphy will walk right in and say, that's it. We're just going to shut down all sports, even recreational sports, travel team sports, because we don't want this this disease to come back and, and make things even worse. I do think the time has come very seriously for states like uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, to think about starting sports in early January. Why take the risk? Why, why start in the fall and then have to shut it down again if things get out of control? Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman as usual. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge.